Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to this special bonus episode ending season one of the Mellow Compass podcast. This week, we bring you the fabulous Eve Horn, singer, songwriter, producer, sound engineer, and campaigner. The episode is full of passion, magic, and collaboration, which are all key qualities when working on both the creative and business side of music. Eve has had an incredible career, from signing with Polydor and having chart success with girl group Juice in the 90s, to studying to be a sound engineer. She also spent some time away from music, working as a train driver before setting up Peak Music in 2019, a platform providing female songwriters, producers and artists with the tools and expertise to expand their creativity, enhance their skills and visibility. Eve is also the founder of The Unheard, a campaign to confront and change structural sexism in the music industry, critically, creatively and collaboratively. It was such a joy to speak to Eve. We really hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to like, subscribe and share with your friends. Eve, it is so wonderful to have you on the podcast, on our special bonus podcast of season one. And also, this will be coming out at the end of March, of course, which is the month of celebrating international women. So highly, highly appropriate indeed. All right. So I'm going to hit you with a couple of warm-up questions. Who are you listening to at the moment? 90s R&B. That's just as a whole. That's all I listen to, really. I tried to come out of it and listen to the radio and stuff. Every now and then a song will just, you know, I'll be like, oh, this is wicked and I'll, I'll listen to it. But I always go back. Any specific artists? God, there's too many to name. Way too many. But like SWV, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey. Like there's, there's so many. Aaliyah, TLC, like Destiny's Child. I could go on and on and on. Escape, Missy Elliott, Timberland, like <laughs> so many. Oh my God. I can't wait to get back in a club and just have all of that music playing and just like, just be dancing all night long. <laughs> Literally heaven. Like I will be right next to you boogieing. I look forward to that. None of this virtual meeting any longer. <laughs> What's your proudest career moment? Once again, there's just too many to name. My most recent, like, i.e. the last few weeks, would be my International Women's Day event where I was able to bring together absolutely huge mastering engineers from across the world, most of which are female, who have done some amazing artists like 
Michael Jackson, Prince, Eminem, Dr. Dre, London Grammar, Stormzy, Dave. Uh, there's loads, loads, loads. And um, I was able to bring them all together for my International Women's Day event. How would you describe yourself in three words? Oh, passionate, loyal and funny. I think there's some great qualities to have as well. Like whenever people talk about working in music, the one thing every single job spec asks for is why are you passionate about music? Are you passionate about music? And it's like when when you're passionate about music, it just seeps through your veins and it's just so obvious. My pores are pouring passion. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So we said, you know, you've got a really inspirational career story. And I remember, you know, you told me a little bit about it when we when we first spoke. Started out at the Brit School and then you were in a girl band called Juice, which you had quite a bit of success with, including a number one in Denmark and the most played Christmas song, <laughs> is that correct? In Denmark. I mean, very cool. And then you moved out of music for a few years before coming back in. So can you share with our listeners a little bit about about you and about your career story and where it all began. Wow. Okay. So I guess at the very beginning, I remember being in my front room watching MTV and literally just having butterflies in my stomach constantly. And like, just, I would wake up and first thing I would do is go downstairs with my VHS tape, put it in and watch MTV all day and just record my favorite artists. And yeah, that, that was pretty much my daily thing. And if I wasn't doing that, I was upstairs in my bedroom playing my music on tape, like recording over stuff, recording all my favourite songs from radio shows and then screaming to the wall to Mariah, trying to hit her riffs and stuff. And that was very young. So I was like six, seven. And then uh, at the time I was going to, I was at a Catholic school, so I wasn't able to do a lot of creative things. And I, I liked sport and stuff like that. So they kind of stopped doing swimming and, the drama wasn't great. So I, I used to find myself almost getting in trouble because I'd done the academic thing and then I, I needed more, you know, so I would always like poke the person next to me and be really distractive. And, and yeah, I was always like had a bouncing energy. And uh, then the Brit school came about at this new school that was like one of a kind. And I was like, I really want to go. I really want to go. Can I go? So I'm like 13, I think. And, you know, my mum was like a bit wary because it wasn't a Catholic school. But she let me go because she wanted to support me. And I had to travel two and a half hours to Croydon there and two and a half hours back at that age. Um, but once again, when you're passionate and dedicated, you'll do whatever you need to. So I used to do that and go to the Brits. And it was just like heaven. It was it was heaven. And, and it was really hard as well because you're in this space of all these creatives. But then you're just one of many at the same time. So I guess I really started finding myself as well and my, my personality and being able to live every day through what I loved, which was amazing. And then I got my best friend involved and she went there and then they had a group and everyone had groups and everyone was singing. And long story short, I ended up joining their group and got signed to Polydor and then had to leave my last year of the Brit school to get signed. I remember speaking to my dance teacher and she was like, you can always come back, but it's a great opportunity. So I went and uh, got signed to, to Polydor and, and we toured with um, Backstreet Boys and Boyzone and performed at Wembley and we toured with Peter Andre and did like loads of Radio 1 road shows and I don't know if you remember Smash Hits magazine and East 17 and we, we did all of that it was absolutely fantastic had the limos and we worked with Jermaine Dupree he did a remix for us we went 
and recorded in his house in Atlanta. And we met, you know, 112. And uh, I think I met, yeah, we met some members of TLC when we were in Atlanta as well, which was my dream because they're like my idols. And yeah, and then, yeah, we ended up splitting up and I joined uh, a girl group called Juice and moved to Denmark. And like you said, uh, we we had a number one single. Unfortunately, we didn't write it. But the guy who wrote it, Remy, is amazing, lovely guy. He wrote it about his daughter and when she was born. So yeah, when we was there, we toured with, with I think five, yeah, and, and all these boy bands. And we we toured in Japan and Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, all over you know Asia and, and Europe, and it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so we also worked um, with Soul Shock and Carlin. They did our album who are huge in, in the US now. They, they're Danish, but they live in the US. And um, they've done everyone from Whitney to, to JoJo to like Pink. Very lucky to have worked with them. Yeah, so then then I came back to the UK because we split up after about three years and uh, I got depressed because I was like, all my friends were in Denmark and I had to move back home and no one had really known what I'd been doing the last three years. You must have been quite young at this point as well. I was 23 when I came back to the UK. And uh, all of this time, I'd, I'd come out as well as being gay. So I, I was going through all of that transition, which was very hard. I, I had quite a hard time from some people in the industry from it. And then, yeah, yeah, I got, I got depression. I came back in, in 2000. And um, I just felt like a massive failure. You know, I'd gone from being on morning television having you know limos and and being sponsored by you know amazing brands and you know just this amazing lifestyle to to getting a bus <laughs> you know and that, that sounds very strange but I hadn't had any experience in having a normal job doing that side of it I almost did it all backwards so I didn't really know how to act and, and I just yeah I just felt like this huge failure and at the same time, the industry was changing because the internet had come about and, you know, everything was shifting online and I didn't understand that. And, you know, I couldn't grasp the, the shift in the industry. I didn't like it. I didn't want any part of it. I was quite angry. What I did do is realise that I didn't really like the fame side of it. And I, I still love the music, but being the emotional wreck that I am... <laughs> Honestly, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm, I'm absolutely proud of it. So it's fine. I, I just didn't like being not in the mood and having to smile and, you know, sign autographs when I just wasn't in the mood. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do it if I wasn't in the mood for it. And I realized very early on the little bit of fame that we did have that, no, I'd rather be behind the scenes and just be able to express myself freely. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, be a sound engineer because I had a great ear for music. So I went to uni and I studied sound engineering. Um, and that was when I realized there was hardly any women in the industry. And there was six women in my whole year. Wow. Of how many? Over a hundred. Oh my. Yeah, way over a hundred. And I was like, whoa. And I did so I did my dissertation on the lack of female sound engineers in the industry. Oh, I'd love to read that. Oh, I could barely get the information because there was no information out there <laughs> so I had to change it but I'll have to dig it out actually because I've kept it um and that was what 2003 something like that it must have been yeah because we graduated in 2003 and then me and one of the girls from uni set up uh, our first company and we 
got a grant from the Prince's Trust and we built a recording studio in the Royal Arsenal where I where I live for underprivileged young people who are creative like myself but can't afford the, the big studio costs and stuff like that and and just to give them some, there was nothing creative around here for anyone to do and so I wanted to give them a space to come that was safe and, and help them grow and also to promote female producers we got as far as being in talks with a TV production company about doing a fly on the wall documentary about visiting Missy Elliott. That's as far as we got. Um, it didn't It didn't happen, obviously, but brilliant idea. But yeah, never happened. Maybe one day. We did that for about five years and we won a National Business Award and an Enterprising London Award for the work we did with young people and councils and so on and so forth, which is beautiful. You know, I, I realised very early on that it's some I love teaching I really enjoy helping people get their confidence you know the feeling that you get from that is is just beautiful so it's something that I end up doing in every role I'm in I end up teaching people so yeah then unfortunately my my business partner's mum passed away and we were kind of burnt out at the same time because we'd been doing everything and, and we both decided to get jobs at Apple because we we used to bring our computer there so much to get fixed when we had the studio they ended up pretty much knowing us so job come up and we both applied and we both got the job and uh, I became an expert at Apple and she became a a genius and then at round probably about four years in five years in to working at Apple I uh, I got ill I was already kind of ill anyway but it kind of got to a really bad point so I, I had severe endometriosis and some other things as well and so I had to have a hysterectomy and at the time, obviously, you know, I was going through this transition of still really not being happy in the music industry. I'd stopped singing. I, my confidence in my ability had gone. I was still trying to push through, but I still wasn't me, you know. And so, yeah, I, I was kind of like, oh, God, you know, I don't want to leave music. I'm still trying to hold on, but hating it at the same time. It's a really weird space. And so, yeah, I, I got ill uh, and then the endometriosis had spread to my bowel. So I had to have a um, a bowel operation as well and had a stoma bag for a while. Uh, and yeah. And so there, therefore, I was like really put in a position where I had to kind of think, you know, if I can't do music, you know, I might, I might as well just earn as much money as I can and try to kind of secure my future. So I'd applied to be in the fire brigade. Um, I'd been to a few of the, the open days and, and passed the physicals. And um, I'd applied, yeah, to, to be in the fire brigade and to uh, a train driver thing came up and I I actually got them both but I had to think to myself okay you know I want to be a firefighter because I want to help people but I've just had this operation and I definitely won't be able to pass the physical again not not after this Um, and also the train driving was more money it was less physical work so I just was like, I'm just going to do that. Um, I've never wanted to be a train driver. Somewhat, the opportunity came and yeah, I ended up going for it. And uh, great job, good money, really not nice environment for me because of the type of person I am. So I literally just felt like a, a circle trying to fit into a square. Do you think it's because you were a woman as well? For me, definitely. But also being a gay mixed race woman as well because the environment is full of so many isms it's an environment where it's very clicky very middle age like white men yeah it wasn't for me and and then I was like okay my soul is dead uh I need to get back into music and 
I just I'd struggled for so long I was like yeah but the money yeah but the money for years and then finally I just I just jumped and when I jumped I made the decision and it was the same time we were having uh trying to get pregnant with, with our daughter and I remember I had some CBT counseling um because I was going through quite a lot of stress at work and one of the things he said to me was you know what would you tell your daughter and I was just like of course I would tell her this, this and this. And, and I was just like, okay, Eve, right, all right. Now you've got to kick yourself up the backside and stop almost being a martyr. You know, I realised in that moment, I had this light bulb moment that I had been the one stopping myself all this time by choices I'd made, by my mindset. And obviously a lot of it couldn't be helped because I got depression. I couldn't even understand what was happening to me. So I'm glad I went through it. I welcome that process. And I, I make sure that if I notice those those things in other people that I make sure I'm there for them, because it's important that you don't say the, the standard, you know, oh, it's fine. It will get better. You know, what about other people that are in worse situations? You can't do that with someone who's got depression. It, it, you just it's the last thing you do. You give them a hug. OK, you don't say anything. You just hug them and listen. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm very much making sure I'm there for other people as well. So, yeah, I, two things I I'd said to myself when I decided to jump back into music. Have fun. OK, have fun and be open. Be open to absolutely everything that comes your way. Some people might not think that that's good advice, but for me, it was because I was scared. I was scared. I didn't know what. The music was about anymore the industry I'd been out of it for so long I'd kind of been in and out but I still hadn't been in in the capacity that I was in this place of you know knowing exactly who I was and what I stood for so I had to find myself again and and by being open to everything and saying yes I was allowing myself to grow in confidence every time I said yes every time I turned up to something on my own not knowing what it was about but being open to learn and meet new people and put myself out there and tell my story. And so by doing that, I then got the confidence to start my own business because I realized, I realized years ago, but I just didn't put it into action. I can't work for someone else. Yeah. I think also like with all of the experience that you've had, there are so many transferable skills that you've got. There's obviously the teaching aspect that is a reoccurring thing that's happened through your career. And then working at Apple and being an expert at Apple, if you're, you know, if you're working in sound production and being a sound engineer, that is hugely valuable. Um, and then, you know, having your business partner who's an Apple genius, like great person to be able to, you know, pick up the phone to if you've ever got any issues. She manages the store that we started at, but now has got even more bigger and is managing like Europe. Amazing. So this just shows you like there's so much opportunity out there if you really put your mind to something. Yeah, she has been really dedicated she's seen what she wanted and has gone for it you know and been really determined so it you know it's brilliant it's crazy like what you can do if you do put your mind to it and and life does throw you curveballs it does and it's not easy what I've learned is when you're going through the bad times and whatever ride it allow it to happen you know allow it to be okay um understand what's happening because life is never straight it's you know peaks and troughs constantly in in all different ways and you'll always have bad days and good days and they might be very often or they might 
be every month for some women you know it, it could be anything but ride it be conscious of what's happening and, and everything will be all right yeah definitely crushing those limiting beliefs and also like I'm definitely one to go no no everything's okay it's okay it's okay and it's like it doesn't have to be okay all the time and like really owning those moments of going like okay that didn't quite go the way I planned it to but you know what I've learned this 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 and this from it and I'm going to take that and I'm going to ride it and I'm going to create something else out of it and it's going to benefit other people it's going to benefit myself and yeah that's life like you say it's it's peaks and troughs and we're literally always learning and there's always more to learn I thrive off learning like yeah and meeting new people and collaborating I'm like yeah this is life (laughs) I'll never forget um the one thing that you said to me last time which was magic happens when people come together I just think that is so beautiful because you know if you've had a bit of a quiet morning getting along with work and then you you have a, a really vibrant conversation with someone it's like that massive boost of energy that gets you through the end of the day and it's like oh this it really is like magic comes out of speaking to people and learning about people's stories which I think is actually one thing that you know people coming into the industry now or you know whatever um, stage you're at in your career but I think particularly with people coming into into music is that because of social media there's so much out there that people can actually look at and like you can hear people's stories like 20 years ago there was no internet you had books you had newspapers newspapers were a very one directional way of getting information and now you i mean you have clubhouse a lot can happen in 3 years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states learn more at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But yeah, like you just have access to so many things and you can really create what your path is going to be which I think is really really beneficial because you know even like 
10 years ago it's like okay no I kind of I kind of want to work in this area of music but I don't know how to get into it whereas now you have a million resources you have a million platforms and you can just go and talk to someone about what you actually want to do is that accessibility which is really out there now and like really wasn't before yeah you really had to kind of know someone who knew someone or you had to be in the right place at the right time. There was less noise and the direction was much like more straightforward, but it was still very, very hard. And unless you were in it, you know, it was very hard to get in. With Clubhouse, you can literally talk directly to an A&R, you can talk directly to producers, singers, songwriters, you wanna collaborate, you can literally talk to someone and message them and be on the phone with them within the hour and start that conversation. And it's vital, like that, I think when I was going through my transition, I was scared because I came from a place where everyone did everything for you. You were just the artist. So be a good artist, which I had down. But then what is all this other stuff? I don't know what how to do that. I don't know how to do this, this. So I think because I was scared, it made me angry. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of the way it sort of fathoms, isn't it? And it comes out the anger and the frustration but it's actually fear of not yeah. knowing and then mixed with depression as well it was just like god you can imagine yeah it's a big fountain <laughs> yeah. I just I still pushed through you know and, and you have to yeah absolutely and so in 2019 you founded Peak Music which at the heart of it is promoting equality and diversity in the music industry and for anybody who isn't familiar with Peak Music what is it and how can people work with you? So um, it's multiple things. This is the thing because Peak Music is essentially me. Okay. I, I, I am the brand. I couldn't agree more as well. There's that, there's that real teaching aspect behind it. It's like you do events, you do classes, you have a song surgery and really at the heart of it, it's like that, yeah, that, that passion and that mentoring aspect, it's, yeah, it's really cool. My song surgeries, I started because, you know, I, I've, as a songwriter, I've written loads of songs and that are still unfinished and they could be making people money. You know, people have loads of songs. They're sat there doing nothing. So I was like, let me start song surgery so people can come together, collaborate, my word, and, and finish songs and maybe start pitching them. And, and it's a free thing that I do every month. I also do Industry Insights, which is sp supported by Ableton. And that is basically showcasing female engineers, producers, DJs that are in the industry and asking them questions. So it's a chance for the viewers to ask them questions directly and get an insight into how you can get into the industry yourself, how they did it, and, and yeah, directly ask them those questions. And then the teach me something section of it is where they actually show me something, you know, in terms of production that they're doing and, and I can learn and so can everyone else that's watching. So it's really fun and it's energetic, but at the same time, you get a lot of industry insights and technical knowledge as well. So we, we cover quite a lot in that. I also do songwriting retreats. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do one this year and it doesn't look like it's going to go ahead in June. So I'm either going to push that back or, or just um, maybe do some online and do it again next year. Yeah. Were you able to do any retreats in 2019? No. No. Oh, so this is like the first year. Do you know what? You, yeah. you can do it in September. 
I had everyone booked. Everyone was booked, ready to go. I had T-shirts. I had everything. Oh. Um, the hotel, everything, catering, all sorted. But um, the thing is, though, I want people to have the sun. So and and the mountains in Italy aren't very sunny in in September. So yeah, it's that magic of coming together again, isn't it? And yeah, it's the experience. It has to be right. You know, it's it, local local wine to help the local economy. You know good beautiful food sun what is it about Italy because you sound again very passionate about that area why did you choose that space it's literally a friend of mine a friend of mine has a beautiful house in Italy he's a sound engineer and mixer master he's a avid certified he's brilliant and he has a recording studio in in his nice big house and when I started having the idea about the tree, I wanted to give songwriters uh, more of an output for their money. So rather than writing songs, coming home, having to spend more money on studio costs, getting those songs demoed, I was like, why don't we record on the retreat? Save them money, save them time, trying to get in touch with the co-writers again when everyone goes back to normal life. And also maybe, you know, give them an output to pitch to, to a publishing company as well just so they get more for their, their monies. Yeah, definitely. It's also really good practice, isn't it, if you're an up-and-coming songwriter, to be mixing with these these types of people because everyone can bring in their own experiences. Yeah, honestly, it's... When you go on one of these retreats, the experience is just amazing. And it's important to learn how to co-write. You know, there's a certain etiquette to co-writing that you need to have when you're with other people in the room you know you need to make sure you're prepared you need to make sure that you allow other people to to give their ideas and not shut people down and you know listen be open to listening to ideas and a little gem can literally come out of nowhere and be the thing that makes your hit so yeah absolutely is that retreat and is everything that you do with peak music is that mostly open to women and women of color so the retreat is mainly for just songwriters. I am going to be focusing this year on creating specific songwriting retreats for women of colour and LGBTQ+. Mm. To start with, because I think when you're writing songs, it's an emotional thing. You, you, it brings up all of these emotions. And I want people to feel safe and feel that they're in a space that they can... Um, connect with with like-minded people and um, you know what I mean mm. and people that understand them you know someone who you know is gay and maybe wants to write about coming out and the pain it causes them or something like that uh isn't necessarily going to be understood by someone who's not who's straight yeah. do you know what I mean so I think it's important for people but I don't want to separate totally so my idea is to have specific camps and then maybe bring everyone together in one big big thing after um people have got more confidence in their writing and stuff you know maybe at the end of the year we can do one big kind of seminar or or you know big songwriting camp or something um but yeah that's my goal because they're the things I'm passionate about you know um we need to get the percentages of women up in the industry especially songwriters and that's why I'm one of my focuses is on women and women of colour, because, yeah, it's, it's very important. Yeah, I mean, the, the stats are, are ridiculous. 46% of music performance graduates are female, yet only 15% of songwriters and composers are females, 20% of label rosters are females, and then just 3% are 
of songs in the top 100 in 2020 are producers who are like female producers. And that's only just gone up to 3%. That is mental. I mean, I, I say it's mental. Like it's, it's also honestly not surprising, but it's something for us to, you know, continue to shout about. And I think, you know, your, the ambition to have a 50-50 equal split of men and women across the industry is it, it's not even something that needs to be really massively asked of. It's like, it's just how it should be. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, th- I think the reason why um, I'm really shouting about it now as well is because you know, I did that dissertation nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. And nothing much has changed. And so I'm like, hang on a minute, what's been happening all this time? <laughs> there is definitely a lot more producers and so much more female producers, songwriters. Where, where are they? We can't see them. So there's multiple problems that I want to tackle. And one of them is why aren't women getting past a certain point? Um and on my the, the thing that I run on International Women's Day, we were able to talk about um, male behaviour in the recording uh, studio environment and um, how men can be allies to, to women um, in the industry. So these are things that, you know, I want to keep highlighting, you know, society has a role to play and male behaviour has a role to play as well. And female behaviour, because, you know, it's... Society has made us all subconsciously be put in boxes. So females subconsciously feel less than men. Not all of them. I'm generalizing here. But it's just a thing. You know, if you had a man and a woman in an interview process, the woman would tend to slightly shrink a little bit more. The man would, you know, pop his chest out and and kind of, you know, have this bravado with with the, the guy that's doing the interview. And they would naturally subconsciously get off yeah this is what I mean by it's it's a society thing and a behavioral thing because I don't think men know that they do it and so therefore I don't necessarily feel like it's their fault but it takes other men so for instance um, Steve Bowman who is part of my International Women's Day consciously made um, a decision to sit back and interview up-and-coming women rather than talk about all of the amazing things he's done in his career and talk about how he can be allies. And it takes men like that to have conversations with other men. It's not necessarily down to women to constantly have this conversation with men on how they can change their behaviour. It's down to all of us. We have to do it together. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about male behaviour in the recording studio and your experience of that. So I personally haven't had any uh, negative behavior towards myself in a studio environment but I know many women who I've spoken to who I've interviewed for the unheard campaign they have experienced things and on one of the artists that that was um guest a guest on the the international women's day panel mentioned it as well that you know the behavior was quite appalling there was a lot of sexual harassment and stuff like that which is not uncommon no particularly in a place like a recording studio which is very closed off and there you know there are no cameras or anything so anything could happen and it's like your word against theirs exactly and I mean there's that side of things there's also the other side where you might have a female engineer and the band might come in and be like 
where's the engineer you know or you know start just being awkward with you because they're intimidated by the fact that the woman's running the session it, it doesn't you know their ego is affected by it so there's the different levels of the behavior that is affecting a woman because you know she's done something because she's passionate about it she shouldn't have to change who she is or worry about it or change her behavior because of your reaction to the fact that you can't deal with it there's also the other thing that um women uh, when they're in the studio environment feel like they have to act like a man like and be quite masculine to fit in I felt like it on the trains you know and we shouldn't have to do it we should be allowed to be who we are because the you know the beauty of being in music is creativity it shouldn't matter about our gender our sexual preference our race none of that should matter if you love music, you love music. Absolutely. And our differences are really what champions ourselves. Like, I love one of the quotes from Amo Tolwa that he said when the UK Music Diversity Report came out, which is, our diversity is the source of our strength in the music industry. And it's so true because we wouldn't have all of these incredible genres of music if people came from the same place. Yeah, and that's something that you've really been doing on your weekly Clubhouse chat called Coaching Creatives, which is really bringing all kinds of creatives from around the world together and talking about well talking about all things last week we were talking about time management which is a huge thing particularly when you when you work for yourself it's um it's a real tester of how you use your time I think particularly when you love what you do but then it's still having the boundaries <laughs> I'm so bad at it <laughs> I'm so bad like uh, I don't know if you remember me saying like this is the month that I'm blocking out to to create content mm. um and yeah, I haven't started yet, but I'm not going to beat myself up because, you know, I'm mumming half the week. I've, I realistically only have one day to do stuff in the week. Um, so I can't be too hard on myself. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, massive congrats to you. Firstly, being a mum and secondly, managing everything that there is to do with being a mum, you know, balancing your own business, being you know, really doting mother. Um, and then, you know, doing everything else as well and like giving other people so much of your time. It gives me life. I feel it's it's my purpose. You know, if I'm not doing it, then I know that I start I start getting really down. If I was just sitting still, I would be like, what am I here for? What's the point of life? Like my mind just goes in this really weird space. Mm. Um, so unless I'm doing something that has got value or I'm giving someone value or I'm I'm doing something worth helping someone or something you know even when I was doing my YouTube channel I was doing these videos and then I was like I'm not like what am I doing them for what is the point of me just doing videos like I need a reason to be doing them I need to be helping someone showing someone like there's got to be some output yeah it's getting to know why you're doing something it's just so important because otherwise you're just using time it's like well why am I doing this <laughs> what's in it for me what's in it for other people yeah they're just seeing me flapping about with this bit of equipment like yeah so to wrap up what are the three things you have learned in your career that you want listeners to take away um so collaboration <laughs> is key it is so so important and make it easier than you think it is like don't let your mind sit there and be like oh yeah but I don't know where to start talk to someone think of one person that you know that 
does something that you do and is passionate about it, phone them, text them, you know, get on Clubhouse with them, message them, do whatever, set a date, put it in the diary and do it. Simple as that, you know, start collaborating. The second thing is don't wait for perfection. A very, very valuable tool that I learned because I'm a perfectionist and it was hard for me to, to understand that, but I learned it last year and it's kind of given me so much freedom. If you want to do it, do it. It doesn't have to be great. Get it out there. Um, the last thing is, yeah, believe in yourself and don't compare to other people. A lot of the time with social media, it's very easy to be like, oh, that person's doing really well. That person's doing well. That person's got another single out. You know, that person's got a billion followers and I've got two. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it, it's so easy. I still get caught in it sometimes, and I, but what I do now is I, because I'm conscious of it, I can stop it. And I say, no, stop. Focus on what you're doing. You can only do the best you can do. That's good enough. Um, so, yeah, comparisonitis is a thing and it can be really debilitating. It really can. So try, try not to compare. Focus on what you want to do. Enjoy what you want to do. And um, celebrate other people that are doing well. Celebrate the other women and, and other people in your network that are doing well. They've worked their backsides off to get there. They deserve that celebration. They deserve to say, well done, you know. What's the best advice anyone has ever given you? Don't burn your bridges. Very, very important, especially in the music industry. Um, I remember I was like 18 when, when someone told me that and I remembered it. I can't remember who told me it, but I remember being told it and I remember it resonating and saying to myself, I'm going to make sure I don't do that. And 20 years later, I was able to go back to my old accountant, ask him for help. I was able to connect with record label um, executives. And so I've always kept that mentality. And it's, I think it's paid, paid dividends for me. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds um, like being very grounded. 100%. I think it's important to not think you're better than someone else. There's a difference between being confident in what you do, but being arrogant. It's not nice, like, you know. And, and I think it's important to, if you might message someone back really kind of quick and not really think about it. And then, you know, I sometimes take time and be like, oh, do you know what? That doesn't sound quite nice. Let me just message them and let them know what I was doing in that situation so they get more of an idea. Because, you know, we can seem a bit standoffish and stuff sometimes. And, you know, I don't expect people to overthink it. But I think being aware of your actions as well is quite important. If listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, literally everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, on my Insta. So my Insta is Peak Music UK. Um, I also have one for the Unheard campaign, which is we are underscore the unheard. My personal one is Eve underscore Horn. My website, peakmusic.uk. Yeah, Facebook's pretty much just all, they're all the same handles. Twitter same it's peak music uk1 uh linkedin everywhere and where can people get an unheard t-shirt from so if you want to get an unheard t-shirt which i recommend you all do because every um t-shirt that gets sold uh, is going to go back into creating workshops to support um women in in songwriting and production 
So uh, if you go to my website, which is www.peakmusic.uk, um, you can grab yourself a T-shirt. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Eve. It's been such a joy. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. It's been lovely talking to you. The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.